Now this goes out to all of my beautiful people I'm Jake Star, you know it's nice to meet ya 7.45am, catch me on the morning meetup Hosted by David Shane's The worst thing that you, the, the most heinous experience you can ever go through What was it? Throw it in the chat Losing my best friend, my husband hung himself My god, five miscarriages were the most Oh my goodness, I thought I did it right No, okay my mom put my mom getting Alzheimer's, domestic violence, death of goodness gracious. Listen, you guys have gone through um, a lot, a lot, and like if if we if we if like if we're looking at some of the testimonials and the stories, um, the reason I want to see it is because um, being beat with an extension cord as a child, traumatizing. The one we, the reason we want to I want to see it. It's to let you know that you're not alone in the thing that you're going through. So some of you saw everybody else's post, a child passing. Whoa. So it's one thing, let's say, for a parent to pass. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine one of my children. I can't even imagine it. But we're not, we're all, none of us are going through anything unique. Now, in our world, it's huge. And trust me, I can relate. I've been through some terrible, terrible things in my life. Experiences that have, um, that have severely affected me. And the thing that you're going through is huge. But I want you to see that we're all going through something. Today, I want to assure you that um, all things work together for the good. All of it. Now, everybody that put the worst thing that happened in the chat, someone share if it didn't help you in any way. If you can't think of, if you can't think of any way that this tragic thing has served you. Throw it in the chat. Throw it in the chat. Anybody. Anybody. Hindsight. Listen, I was thinking about it the other day, and I realized everything that I actually went through in a negative way, every, every negative thing that I've ever been through, and gotten over it has helped me tremendously. I mean, almost to the point where it was necessary for that to happen to help me. So some people say, yo, I don't know how losing somebody can help me. Well, for me, it helped me appreciate who I have. And I started leaning into the relationships and it taught me a little more about love. And appreciation. If this thing that you went through has not served you in any way, that's probably a sign that you're still going through it. But I will assure you that after it, after all of it, there'll be some way that serves you. So listen, I, I, I want to share this with you. All things work together for the good, but what are the all things? The good, bad, uh, the teachers, the students. 
I did. I saw it on my live yesterday that in school I had uh, some terrible teachers, and I also had some terrible classmates. But they all worked. They all they all helped me. They all helped me. But we're talking about like the Black Equity Con is coming up. We weren't promoting the speakers. We were more promoting you all meeting you all. That was the whole situation. Because I can realize just going back in school that what helped me get through high school the most was not the teachers. It was the other students. It was the person I could cheat off of if I was struggling. It was the person who understood how to put what the teacher said in a language that I can understand. It was the students that helped me get through school, not the teachers. But all of this stuff, all of this stuff, the good, the bad, the teachers, the students, the successes, the failures, the friends, the enemies, it all works together. I'm telling you, it seems very simple and cliche what I'm saying, but if you really hold on to what I'm saying, it will help you get through the valleys so that you can get through the peaks. But the peaks aren't to say I made it. The peaks are also to teach you that at some point you will go through a valley. Listen, when, when, when you're at the lowest, the only hope you have to hold on to is the fact that you can remember when you were at your highest. You can remember before you were at your lowest. Does that make sense? If you're at your lowest, the only thing you can really hold on to is the memory of being at your highest. But some of us stay in the mud because we never get an opportunity to reflect on being at our highest. The fact that you're going through what you're going through right now, whatever it is, it's a sure indication that at some point you are doing better, which means at some point you will be doing better. Uh, amen in the chat, if y'all feel me. Hey, just throw an amen in the chat. I've seen a little amen. Okay, okay, okay. Whatever whatever it is, whatever it is that you're going through, I, I, I need you to embrace it. This is what I understand about life and my belief system is that life is just a, like, it's, it's an accumulation of tests. It's an accumulation of tests. Now, in school, if you don't pass the test, you have to take it again. Has anyone ever went through a test and you realize after the test, yo, I did not go through that well. <laughs> I didn't learn no lessons. I went, I complained through the test. And for some reason, you have to keep facing the same test over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because we're not looking at the test as an opportunity to learn. We're looking at the test as pass or fail. Every test you should learn from. But if you don't pass this test, you will have to go through it. But the only way you can pass it is to really lean into the test and learn from it. Extract whatever you're going to what 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 allowed me to be a full time entrepreneur today is me leaning into my job. Got it. OK. From and some of you won't know my story. But for those that just joined the morning meetup today, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share my story a little bit more. Same, same story, y'all know the story, but maybe you'll hear it differently. Listen, I at the at the point, um, I'm at my lowest at one point where I'm working a security job. I'm working at a security job, and I was working at Olive Garden at the same time. 
So I work at Olive Garden. I get off work at maybe like 10 o'clock or so. And then I go to my security job. I get off work at like nine something. I go to my security job at maybe like 10, 11 o'clock. And I'm there all night until about five, six in the morning. And then I go home, go to sleep for a few hours. And then, then I got to go back to work. I did my best to like schedule both off days like together. So it's not staggered where I'm not working every day of my life, but that, that didn't work out often. So I was literally working every day of my life or double. And uh, I just remember being in a situation like, yo, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. But the only reason I can really think of the fact that I'm better than that is because before that, I was in prepaid legal. Listen, this is what I... I was, I was rocking Mr. Alistair Edwards, okay? I made some money, and and I went to the top of the company. I was an executive director, the youngest executive director in Georgia. And I'm like, yo, this is lit. But then um, I went through some hard times, right? So, But I knew, I knew that I would get back over it at some point, at some point. I, like, I, I can remember I've had some successes in life. I'm just in a down slope right now, but... I'll get back there. If I did it once, I could do it again. So what happened was the worst got worse. So I'm working at Olive Garden and the security job. I get fired from Olive Garden for uh, Olive Garden for stealing a slice of cheesecake, which in my defense, everybody was doing it. It wasn't just me. I just happened to get caught. So now I'm at this point where I'm working the security job. And it's really not enough money to do anything with my life. So I have to hurry up and get another job. But you know what job I get? I go straight to the restaurants. And I start applying at restaurants. And I get the job at the Cheesecake Factory. I did not tell them I got fired for stealing cheesecake. I did lie and say I wanted to move up. You know what I mean? I felel like I outgrew Olive Garden. I don't want to, you know what I mean? But at this point, I'm still working at, uh, at like my, uh, my security job. And I'm just trying to balance them both. Here's my thing. I look back over my career and I realized that no job I had ever had lasted over 10 months. No job. I'm trying to, listen, I'm trying to decode this whole failure thing that's going on in my life right now. I'm really trying to lean into what the heck is going on. And I started to think, you know what? Maybe, maybe the problem is the fact that I can't sit my butt down nowhere. Probably because I've been an entrepreneur since I, was, since I was a child. I sold everything from weed to real estate. I had a real estate license, sold a couple properties. At the time where I'm working at the security job, I, I was a terrible drug dealer. I didn't do well at that at all. I, I thought I like made enough to be able to eat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> eat at the end of the day. And, and I wasn't... I wasn't a good steward over my money or my product. You know what I mean? If it was some pretty girls around, I was just going like, just fun to, I'm, y'all, y'all get, anyway, listen, I, I, I always been an entrepreneur. I try all these different network marketing companies and I'm trying stuff. And I realized I need to sit my butt down somewhere. I need to sit my butt down somewhere. The confusion and the frustration allowed me to really sit back and get in my quiet space and figure out what the heck is going on in my life. For a long time, I would just complain about the things that was going on in my life. And if you're complaining, you can't think. 
Have you ever tried to think and complain at the same time? Is it possible to think and complain at the same time? You ever complain and strategize same time ever? Does that you can't do? You just so now I am not a complainer. I am not a grumbler. The point is, for me to really, really become successful, I had to sit in the mud and figure it out. And I told myself, if I'm going to be successful in anything, I'm going to have to quit entrepreneurship for a time. Y'all ever said that to yourself? You ever told yourself you're going to quit for a little bit? I'm just going to quit. I'm talking about the whole idea or concept of entrepreneurship. I'm done. I've been selling candy since I was a kid. I would sell t-shirts. I'm selling everything, all kind of stuff. I'm always selling something. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sit in the mud and figure this thing out. You can't move. It's really hard to like even move and be doing stuff and think at the same time. It's hard multitasking in that way. So I had to lean into my situation. The, th the very thing that I didn't want was allow was the thing that allowed me to not have it forever. So I always despised jobs. But once I, I, I started to lean into, I'd say, I'm going to sit at this job and learn what I need to learn. I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to figure out me first. So if I didn't go through that, like that rough period of my life when I'm working at Olive Garden, uh, security job, transition to uh, Cheesecake Factory. There was a point where I wasn't making any money really. And then I'm leaving Cheesecake Factory and going to the security job. I eventually got fired from the security job because Cheesecake Factory, I just couldn't leave when I wanted to. I had to finish my side work and I kept being late and they let me go. And I, th that was an even worse time because I needed that side money or I thought. But that period of my life has been the thing that allowed me to not have to have a job. And it allowed me to understand the mindset of an employee because I wanted to sit in it for a little while. But check this out. I'm gonna give you some stuff to do, okay? We're all we're all in a space where let's say we get denied for something in terms of like getting no's. Like anybody ever, you try to sell somebody something, they say no. You ever attempt to do something, they don't say no. And sometimes the no isn't no. Sometimes the no is getting left on red. You know what I mean? <laughs> the the no sometimes is coming on here and saying, hey, I'm about to launch this product or I'm about to do this challenge or I'm selling this. If y'all want, if y'all interested, y'all should buy it and nobody buys it. That's them saying no. And you feel it. You feel it. You ever announce something and you did this big promotion, you do this live and nobody buys? That's them saying no. So here's the hack. Turn your nose into data or data. Data? What's the cor correct pronunciation? Is it data or data? Ada? Is it Ada or Ada? Both? Okay. Turn the, the, I like data better. Turn them into data. Your nose, turn them into data. Write this, write this down. Listen, I, I, this is going to be something that gets you through some really, really tough times as entrepreneurs. Figure out why people are telling you no. Figure out what, first off, not tomato, tomato. First off, nobody calls it a tomato. You know what I mean? I hate, I don't like that phrase. 
Tomato, tomato. Nobody calls it tomato. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. You ever heard somebody, yo, pick up that tomato real quick. Nobody says that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all off the chain. Listen, turn your nose into that. Listen, you have to figure out. You have to figure out why you're being denied. You have to figure out why people are saying no. Yo, you know what's crazy? There's an app that uh, one of my team members introduced me to. My man David K runs our ads. It's something called, what's it called? Gen drop jar, pot jar, jam jar, huh? Pot jar, jam, gotcha. Pot jar, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I said jam jar. Jam jar was like this wine when I was out in the world that I used to drink. <laughs> Not out in the world, but pot jar. It's, it was the illest thing. It's a, it's a, right, like, write this down too. Pot jar, pot jar. It's really, really cool. So what happens is on our web, website, I guess he installed the app or whatever, and it allows us to see the behavior of the person on the website. It allows us to see the behavior of the person on my website. So he's going through these videos because I guess it triggers every time somebody comes on the website. And we see that this person is on the website for a long time and they're scrolling really slowly. They're scrolling slowly. Meaning they're at, oh, hot jar. I thought you said pot, my bad. Hot jar. They're on the site for like 15 minutes. Did you know that people actually read the copy on your page? I had no idea. Like, you know how you see these websites with all these words? We put all the words on there because we got to put all the words on there. But we're not thinking that people read all the words on the web. I didn't know. I had no idea. And I'm trying to figure out why the conversion was so low. Here's what we got. The fact that people are reading it means we have to be more intentional with the copy, with the words on the website. Like every sentence matters. The phraseology, it's a word. Yes, phraseology, the phrase... Bryn, come on. You gotta be so mean with your gesture. The phrases, the, I was trying to be deep. The fra the the every every word matters. The way you say something. It's not just the fact that you're listing your products and services, but how you say it, it matters. And then and then I can see anytime the person clicks on something. So there's a there's a spot where it's like module one, module two, like that. We can see the person's trying to click it. We can see it's like little red buttons. says click, click. And I can see the behavior of the person on the website. That person thought it was a button. So we realized, yo, we should make that a button. If this person is clicking around, it looks like a button. It feels like a button. And if it, it's not a button, we're causing friction in their experience. And that might be the friction point that allows them to leave the site. I say all of that to say, we can't just look at the fact that people aren't buying. We have to, as entrepreneurs, we're all entrepreneurs here, yes? We're all entrepreneurs. Phraseology, see? It's a word. Learn to pronounce. Oh, no, okay, then I, I used it wrong. Oh, gosh, okay, I used it wrong. But the, the, the objective is, if it's not working, figure out why. Here's the best way to figure out why. Ask your customers. Ask the people that are saying no why they're saying no.
has anyone has anyone tried to make a sale recently and then the person said you know what no let me tell you another version of no not right now let me tell you another version of no let me take your card let me tell you another version of no i gotta talk with my spouse over it let me tell you another version of no yo tomorrow i get paid tomorrow i'm gonna do it tomorrow these are all versions of no if someone says yo i get paid tomorrow why do you get paid tomorrow you know if you take my product or service you won't have to go through that anymore but help me understand why you're not taking advantage of it right now because if i was going to sell you a lamborghini for a thousand dollars you would go get that thousand dollars but my product is only 200. What is it about my product that is not making it as valuable as the Lamborghini? I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to help you to understand when people tell you no, when people like leave my website, but we try to figure out from the hot jar thing, why they're leaving the website, we're turning that no, or that delayed gratis gratification on our side. Cause I want the gratification of the sale, but it's being delayed. People aren't buying it. Instead of saying, yo, this business isn't working, we are trying to lean into the no. What's happening here? So we got to turn our no's into data. Does that make sense? Y'all good? Okay. Number two, number two, uh, take the yeses and turning them into turn them into fuel. And not even a fuel, not even fuel. Y'all think yes is the success, and it's not. You really need to turn the yes into a bulletproof vest for the day that the no is actually coming. So when you actually make a sale, entrepreneurs, or someone actually like buys into your product or service, that's not the end of the game. For two parts, on the financial side, you need to take the money and realize, let's not just spend all of our money because rough times are coming. But two, if you get someone to tell you yes and they buy your product, don't be so excited that your excitement is attached to that single result. Because if it is, the next time you get a no or someone doesn't buy your product or service, it's going to deflate you. And if you get a lot more no's than the yeses and your only high is the yes, then eventually you will soon quit because those no's get drawn out. It's like, yes, no, 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 not buying, no, no light bills due today and then you get frantic and you start to panic say oh my gosh oh my gosh i gotta make a sale i gotta make a sale and people feel the fact that you have to make a sale and that is the decline of entrepreneurship for a lot of us the yes is also data but we have to use it as a bulletproof vest to understand if i got one yes i will get another one soon at some point the celebration isn't in single results. Now you do have to celebrate small wins, but it's not the single results that I want your success tied to. We have to continue to learn. The yeses need to be data as well. When someone says they're buying, a good practice is to find out why they're buying. And what's crazy is as I'm talking about it, I've gotten away from it. When I was hustling and grinding, working those like selling t-shirts in the mall, Everything was data. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. Why are you saying no? Why are you saying yes? If too many people, if too many people tell you no, 
you have to remember the time that you got a yes. Meaning if you could sell one, you could sell another. If you could sell another, you could sell another. If you could sell three, you could sell 10. If you could sell 10, you could sell 20. If you could sell 20, you could sell 100. If you could sell 100 of anything, you could make 100,000. If you can make 100,000, you can make a million. I promise you. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to start with understanding why this person is buying from you and trying to re, redupli- try to duplicate that process. Reduplicate. My words are all over the place. Number three, use what you learn to teach. All things work together for the good. All of it. Everything you learn will only die in your head if it soon doesn't come out. Meaning you have to teach all the stuff that you learn. Do me a favor. I want you to replicate. That's the word. Replicate. I want y'all duplicate or reproduce. Y'all some, y'all just vocabularians, vocabulary, vocabularians over here. All right, good for y'all, man. This is dope. (laughs) Use what you learn to teach it. If you don't teach what you learn, you will soon lose what you've learned. Not even using what you learn, teaching what you learn. This is what I want everybody to do. I want you to recreate this whole presentation and I want you to teach it on live. Okay? <laughs> Y'all off the chain, man. Are we, can we commit to that? Can we commit to that? How many people committed? After this, I want you to go on live and teach what you've learned or gathered, whatever it is. Anything that you learn from here, I want you to recreate it, put it in your own words and teach it. You don't even have to tag me. I don't even want credit. I want you to take what you learned and teach it. That's the only way it sticks. The things that you learn will only be valuable if you can use them, but the only way to use them is to remember them. And the only way to remember it is to teach it. 90% of what I say today, if you don't regurgitate it or like if you're just listening, and you're not going to like write some things down and actually teach it later will soon be lost. That's how we, I don't know what it is about education, why people get so addicted. I don't know. But they probably have to keep learning stuff because they keep losing it. And they're not getting the results because they're not using it. That rhymed. Best way to learn is to teach. Number four, use what you teach to learn. Use what you teach to learn. Number three is use what you learn and teach it. The second thing is whatever you begin teaching, I need you to learn. So as you start educating people, let's just say you're educating someone on your product or service, meaning you're teaching somebody about how amazing your product or service is. You have to use that process to learn. How can we say what we're saying more efficiently so that the person gets it and not only gets it, but penetrates the heart of the people? So I use some presentations and I do different presentations over and over again. But as I'm teaching it, my objective is to learn, not just to teach. Some people teach for the vanity metrics. How many people went in a DM and said that was dope or how many likes? Some people try to teach because they like the way they sound and they need the footage. And that's cool. But I need you to learn as you're teaching because you can learn how to better effectively, better effectively. Not right, is it? That better effectively. 
That ain't it. That ain't it, is it? You can more affect you can more <laughs> y'all are scholarly today you can more effectively i forgot what i was saying that 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 oh you can more effectively teach it so here's my thing this is what i'm working on and i'm gonna try it at black equity con i teach stuff right but there's an element of my teaching that's missing and the element of what i teach that's missing is the emotion. I'm not, I'm not a super emotional person to begin with, but especially when I start teaching, it doesn't necessarily come off warm and fuzzy. I've seen some greats do it. Like my man, Jeremy Anderson, he can get up and he can start teaching and speaking and people start crying. I'm like, how you do that? How you do that? How you get to a point, I feel like the stuff that I'm saying is powerful, but it's it, now I, I, I do think I can teach in a, in a way that people get it and understand it where I penetrate their brain, but I'm looking to learn how to penetrate someone's heart with my presentation. Outside of that, the teaching, as you're, as you're telling someone about your product or service, I'm talking to entrepreneurs today, as you're telling someone, I need you to start to pick up the, 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 the social cues. Study the receiver of the information. Because if you really, really study the receiver of the information, you'll start picking up on certain themes that people that are listening to you, how they start to react. The eyes rolling in the back of their head. You'll realize that once you get to the price, people's Maybe when you get to the price, their their attitude changes and they can feel it. You can you can feel that the attitude changes and then you don't want to lean into the price, but you have to learn it. Listen, I paid I paid uh half a hundred thousand. <laughs> I paid half six half six figures to learn how to more effectively sell stuff. Because I'm trash. And I got to keep adding to the game. But there's so many things to learn through teaching. And the only reason I'm saying this, I'm really talking to like coaches and consultants and all of y'all because y'all teach for the sake of teaching and you're not learning and you never become a student. And that's why it's not effective. And the sell of your product is going to be based on the season in which people need to buy. Not in your, not in who you are. So. We got to learn communication, okay? All of this stuff, all of this stuff, the information you gather is what's going to help you succeed. Okay, number five, and then I, and I'm going to wrap up, okay? Um, use your story and sell it. Put this in the chat real quick. I got stories for sale. I got stories for sale. I got stories for sale. I'm selling, I sell stories. Whatever you're going through, someone will buy it. Your story. People, did you know, people buy stories. Check this out. I wrote my first book, Dreams Are Built Overnight. Here's what I did. I took all of my problems, the worst parts of my life, the most memorable situations in my life, my lows, my low lows, all the stuff that happened to me in my life. I put all of 
my 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 uh the lessons that I've learned. I put all of my problems in one book and sold all my problems for $20 a piece. People will buy your story for two reasons. Here's well, not for two reasons, but this this what I'm saying is two part. One, if you're still going through it, people will buy your story for entertainment or motivation. Whatever you're going through, you need to use that. This is an asset for you. If you're going through a dark place in your life, it doesn't excuse you from entrepreneurship. It just simply means you have to start telling your story and encourage your audience to say, yo, this is what I'm going through, but this is how you need to push through, like I'm pushing through. People will buy the story that you're actually going through right now, either for entertainment, because not in a not in a ha-ha laughing way, but for entertainment to say, yo, I feel comfortable here. Or, or uh, inspiration. Your story, people will buy it. So to either buy it for that reason, or they'll buy it, if you get over it, they'll buy it for education. Your story is so important. So I'm not, I didn't use this for like, I didn't use this for sales. Well, my mom passed. The best way for me to cope with it is to lean into it, not run away from it, not not talk about it. But because that situation happened and I was able to keep going through it, one, it assured me that I can get through anything. I can get through anyway. I didn't take a month off. I didn't leave y'all for a month so I can bask in my sorrows. You know what's crazy? After that situation, and I still, I still, I was like still active kind of in business and I was still active in my life and like doing what I have to do. That was literally, that was literally like uh, uh, therapy for me. And going through that, tr that, that tragic situation empowered me. I can get through anything. I can get through a key employee leaving. My mom, my mom passed and I still got through it. I worked. It's all good. I can get through a crash in the economy. My family life crashed. And I got through it. And this arms me. But if you're not practicing leaning into your story and the things that are happening, I'm telling you, everything will start to kill you. Everything. Because what happens is you start to pile on all the stuff that you got going on right now with all the stuff that you just had going on. So if you're going through a terrible situation, okay, and you're basking in it, and then something else that's not even as deep happens in that same time frame, you'll start to pile it on, and then eventually a feather will break your back. Lighter and lighter situations, and then it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Leaning in to the story. So some people use my story as entertainment because it's something that I can watch that's going to help them get through it. But at the end of the day, it makes what I'm sharing so powerful even after I completely get over it because later, five, ten years from now, people will continue to buy the story and try to figure out how the heck did he get through that. 
So that first thing that y'all talked about that you that you went through the worst scenario in your life. There's a value on that. There's a value on that. And the world is going to have to pay you for it. Either someone's going to pay you to teach them how to get over what you got over, or they're going to pay you because they trust the fact that you can get over anything and they're drawing strength from you, or you will pay yourself back by getting through the next hurdle because you just got through the first hurdle, which means you're going to get closer to your goal and it's going to pay you in that way. But your story is for sale. Your story is for sale. The first person I need you to, the first person I want to buy your story is you. We got to lean in. Listen, I don't know. I don't know what you're going through right now, but here's the exercise. After you guys go live and teach the stuff that you were taught, we have to make a list. One side, the worst scenarios in your life. On the other side, how it benefited you all the extractions from those negative scenarios. And sometimes when you can see it on paper, you'll realize that the thing you're going through is way lighter than the thing that the thing that you're going through right now can't even hold a candle to the stuff that you got over already. But the things you got over already allows you to be strong in certain areas. Everything, all of it, all of it, the good, the bad, the negative ups, downs, the teachers, the students, the anxiety, the fear, the stress, the patience, the love, the hate, the enemies, the friends, the alliances, the contracts, the money, the ups, the downs, the sales, the chargebacks, all of it, all of it, all of it works together for the good. Do y'all believe that? Y'all believe me or no? Okay, here's, and, and and I understand it's so easy to say it when you're not in it. It's easier said than done. I get that. I understand. It's very easy. It's easy for me to tell you that your situation isn't that bad. <laughs> it's easy for me to tell you like, yo, you can get through this. You can push through it. It's a little more difficult when you're going through it. But the more you get through the things that you're going through, the easier it is to get through the things that you will go through. Did y'all write that down? A bar, yes? Yes? What did I say? That was good. Dang, and that was a freestyle. Yo, I don't, y'all, don't post that. Somebody... Text me that joy, Jim. What else? <laughs> that was all right. Um, but in, in all seriousness, it was all the stuff that I've gone through that allowed me to go through the passing of um, the love of my life, which was my mother. If I didn't get through all that other stuff, if I didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't struggle and like really, really struggle with going through the passing of my father. Man, it would have probably drove me into depression, which maybe I would have lost an opportunity for you to be inspired by getting through hurdles. And that's life's mission right there. Okay. So uh, listen, y'all, um, Black Equity Con is coming up. 
I will put if y'all gonna be there Wednesday around six seven o'clock in Miami, in the in the app in the app, we're gonna give you some details, okay, on how we gonna get together, we're gonna mix, mingle, chill, kick it. Y'all you know saying, um. I love y'all. Now this goes out to all of my beautiful people. I'm J Star, you know it's nice to meet ya. 745 a.m. Catch me on the morning meetup. Hosted by David Shane. David Shane, David Shane, David Shane.